sometimes you get into a conflict with someone and you want to forgive them and move on, but it's hard. How do you do it? In this video, I'll give you a three-step checklist that will help you become a more forgiving person. Hi, I'm Mac Frazier. I'm a pastor, a blogger, writer, podcaster, a bunch of other things. And one of the subjects that I've spent a lot of time studying is forgiveness and the related areas of reconciliation, conflict management. And what I'm going to share with you today is something that is actually taken from the Bible, specifically the Gospel of Matthew in the New Testament, but it's also something that finds echoes in a lot of modern practices when it comes to conflict management and reconciliation and forgiveness. So there's this description of a conversation that Jesus had with some of his students. The topic was forgiveness, and he was urging them to just always forgive. When pushed on this point, here's what he said to them. If you're in conflict with somebody, the first thing that you should do is go and talk about them behind their back to somebody else. No, that's obviously not what he said. He said, take it directly to that person, one-on-one. -on -one. And yet, if you think about it, how often do we, rather than go and talk to the person that we have some sort of a beef with, go and triangulate other people into the conversation? Why do we do that? Well, if you think about it, it's a whole lot easier because the third party's not going to argue with you. You go to a friend and complain about what that stupid person did, well, they're gonna back you up more often than not. Whereas if you go and talk to the person that you actually have a problem with, you're gonna get pushback. Maybe you don't like conflict. Maybe you're not totally sure you're in the right, or maybe you know you're in the right, but you're uncomfortable talking to the other person about it. But what he said to do was go and talk to the person, work it out one-on-one. -on -one. And who knows? You may regain a brother, put it in his language. But then he says, what if that doesn't work out? Well, then the next step is to go back to that person with somebody else. Bring in a third party. And when he says bring in a third party, he cites an Old Testament law that says that you can't convict somebody of a capital crime, something that is punishable by death, unless you bring in two or three witnesses. Now think about how this looks in modern times. This is one of the reasons that we use arbitration. This is why it can be helpful in a legal setting to, before you go to court, see if you can get together in a room with a neutral party to just referee a conversation and help you come to some sort of an agreement. Outside of those formal settings, when you have some sort of interpersonal issue with somebody else and you try talking to them and they just can't hear your point of view and you're not getting anywhere, well then bring in somebody else who can say, I hear what you're saying, I hear what the other person's saying and sort of moderate the conversation that way. Be an objective witness to what's going on and that may help the other person be able to understand your point of view. It could also help you better understand their point of view. So that's the second step. What if that doesn't work? Well, the third step in the story, Jesus says, well then, if he will not hear you, you take the matter to, and here there are different translations, the Sanhedrin, the council, the church, the community. Essentially, this is where you make a formal case of it. This is where you take it to the authorities. If this is a conflict at work, this is the step where you go to HR or to upper management. If you're in a public situation where it's appropriate, this is where you get a lawyer. This is where you actually may take something to court, bring the law into it. And notice that it's several steps down the road. Now, let me just take an aside here. This is how to deal with personal conflict. This is not saying that when somebody commits a serious crime, physically attacks you or worse, that first you should try to negotiate it 
with your attacker. Now, this is a description of a process within a civil society between two parties that have a disagreement. Okay, so you take it to the community, you, you take it public, you try to get the system to sort it out for you. What happens if after all that, the other person still won't admit that they did wrong? How do you forgive them? Because forgiving, if you remember from previous video I made, isn't pardoning in a legal sense. Spiritually speaking, when we forgive somebody else, it's letting go of a burden that's going to hurt us. And when the other party refuses to acknowledge that there's justice in your point of view, it can get really hard to let go of that sense of being owed, to let go of the feeling of having been wronged, because the other person won't admit it. And yet, we need to forgive. So what then? Well, in the book of Matthew, what Jesus says is, if they still won't hear you, then let them be to you like they were a Gentile or a tax collector. Now, here's the thing. Typical member of his audience hearing Gentile would immediately know, oh, okay. So at that point, they're the bad guy. Who are the Gentiles? Primarily, a lot of people at the time would have thought of the occupying Romans. The Roman Empire had moved in. They were outsiders. They were not part of the culture. They were ethnically different. They were not part of the religion. And they imposed outside rule, outside laws, outside limitations. They were not popular with the people of Judea. What about tax collectors? Well, the tax collectors were not Gentiles. They were local boys who had decided... I'm gonna throw in with these Gentile Romans. I'm going to help them out. I'm going to make some money at it because here's how the Romans would collect taxes. You could apply to be a tax collector and you were given territory over which you were responsible. And the Roman government wanted its tax money however you collected it. And it was up to you to bring in what they needed. If you brought in extra, that's your commission. So you can see how people hated tax collectors. In some ways they were worse than the Gentile Romans. They were us but they'd switch sides, they were traitors. So Jesus says, well, if they still won't hear you, let them be to you as Gentiles, as tax collectors. And a new listener, a new follower of Jesus would have heard, oh, okay, at that point, they're the bad guys. I can write them down and cross them off. If you haven't seen The Quiet Man, by the way, great movie, you should watch it. But hold on. If you were somebody who kind of knew the story of Jesus, if you've been following him for a while, if you were part of his inner circle of students, of disciples, you would realize that Jesus loved Gentiles. There were several occasions where he did miracles of healing for Gentiles, where he helped a Roman soldier, where he hung out with a Samaritan woman. And tax collectors? He went to dinner parties full of tax collectors. Like, there's actually a story where he goes to a party that's just a bunch of tax collectors and their friends. One of his own disciples was a tax collector when he met him. So if you were somebody who'd been following Jesus for a while, you would realize that when he says, let them be to you as Gentiles and tax collectors, he was not saying you get to write them off because he loved them. So you still have to love them too, even while acknowledging that they're different from you. They're coming at it from a different perspective. So maybe they're always going to be foreign to you in some way and you just have to accept that you still have to be loving. You should wish them well, not harm. And so you should forgive them anyway. Now that's talking about the story on one level. Let's take it up to another level, all right? So symbolically, let's look at it this way. Just as we looked in the last video symbolically at 
the stones that people wanted to kill that woman with as true facts that they nevertheless needed to let go of. Let's look at the symbolism here. You can talk to the person one-on-one, -on -one, but before you even do that, there's an internal process you can go through, and that is checking yourself. So when he says, go directly to the person, you can also in your mind go directly to the prime idea. What is the truth that you need to let go of? What is the thing that is correct, but is no longer serving? And so you ask yourself, have I got the facts right? The thing that I'm upset about, is that real? Because sometimes our passions get a hold of us. Sometimes we're in a bad mood when something happens or there are other things going on that change how we perceive it. So take a moment after the fact and just objectively evaluate. Have I got this right? Well then, if that doesn't settle things for you, again, in your own mind, bring in two or three witnesses. What are one or two other facts, truths, that are also relevant to your problem at hand? Are there extenuating circumstances? Is there another way of looking at it that's also true, that's just as valid as the way you were looking at it, that you can bring into the picture that helps you say, you know what? I was right and they were wrong, but I can see how they got there and I'm going to forgive them. And if the two or three witnesses don't work, well then you take it to the church, you take it to the council. In your mind, you say, okay, well, let's look at it in light of everything good and true that I believe in. In my general understanding of the universe, what people are like, how life works, my expectations for what God wants, for those of you that believe in God, in that broad picture, like if you imagine the council or the Sanhedrin, the church, as all of the true things you know, sort of all arrayed as a group and working together, in light of that, is there some way that you can see to it to forgive this person? People make mistakes. People get things wrong all the time. That's a general understanding of human nature that is derived from a whole bunch of truths. You're better off assuming that they had good motivations for what they did, even if you can't understand them. Maybe that's a general principle that you can derive from all the things that you believe. And what if that's still not working for you? What if examining the truth of the case, you bring in two or three other truths, doesn't help. You think in terms of everything that you know to be true about the world and you still just can't let go. You can't forgive. Well then let them be like a foreigner to you. In other words, you have to accept that they have a perspective that you don't understand. And it's important to take this approach because an alternative is to say, I know exactly what they're doing. I can see into their heart. I know their motivation. Friends, don't do that because you can't. Let's be honest. You don't always fully understand why you do what you do. So there's no guarantee you understand what motivates somebody else, someone whose head you've never been inside. Now, if you don't accept that idea, I've got another video coming for you. So instead of trying to get in their heads and figure out their motives and assume you understand them. If what they're doing doesn't make sense or it doesn't fit with your understanding of facts and of truths, well, maybe it's just something you can't understand. There's a lot in the world that you can't understand. I'm a reasonably smart person. There's a ton 
I don't get. And I'm not even talking about string theory or how thermoses work. Okay, I understand how thermoses work. I'm talking about why people behave the way they do. Human beings surprise me all the time. Don't they surprise you sometimes? Don't people that you know and love sometimes do things that just don't make sense to you? Don't you sometimes do things that don't make sense to you? So maybe their perspective is like someone who comes from a different culture, speaks a different language, grew up with different assumptions. And so they see the world differently. You don't hate people for that. Love them anyway. Forgive them. Now, remember I said three steps, but I threw in a, a bonus one for you. So here they are again. Go directly to the person. In your mind, ask, have I got this right? If they won't hear you, bring in somebody else, a mediator, so that by two or three witnesses, things can get sorted out. And in your head, consider, well, what other things are also true here? That doesn't work. You take it to the council, the church, the Sanhedrin, the community, okay? Use the available systems in your environment. Go to HR, get a lawyer if you have to. Go public with it. No, I don't mean drag them on Twitter. And in your mind, marshal everything you know about life, the universe, human beings, yourself, find some way to forgive them for your own sake. And remember, if none of that seems to work, maybe you're just going to be distant from this person. Maybe you and this person just fundamentally can't get along. It's sad, but it happens. But that doesn't mean you hate them. Work to love them, forgive them. Because if you don't, it's just going to hurt you. So here's a question for you. Which one of these really four parts of forgiveness do you find most challenging? Why? I really hope this helped. That's the reason I make these videos. It's the reason I do pretty much all of the public communication I do, whether it's preaching sermons in churches or writing articles or writing books or whatever I do. The point is to use my communication skills and the technology of the day to help other people improve their lives. If this has been at all helpful to you, subscribe. And when you do, click the uh, bell thing, because that way you'll get notifications when I create new videos. This is a brand new channel. I'm trying to do at least one video a week, hopefully more like two a week, we'll see. If you're jumping into the middle of my series on forgiveness, I have a whole playlist that you can check out. And maybe you're looking for something else. Every once in a while I get together with my brother Pierce and we talk about kind of whatever we want to talk about. So maybe try out one of those videos. In the meantime, I hope you guys are all staying safe, staying healthy, staying happy, loving one another, and doing your best in a world full of social distancing. That's gonna be a video coming up.